It's December 7th, 2020, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, I really wanted to start off this week's podcast by singing Christmas Time is Here, but if you've ever heard me sing, you know that's probably not really a, a good idea, but Christmas is just around the corner, and that's so hard to believe. I mean, it's like the entire year has just flipped by, but it is around the corner, and if you if you know anything about me and James, you know that this is the time of year where you will find us most times in the kitchen making cookies. Our annual tradition has been to bake a ton of cookies and make fudge and then give all of it away to family and friends so that none of it's in the house because it's it's bad enough that, that it's bad enough having it in the house, but in the process of doing all this, of course we have to sample the cookies. So, (laughs) (laughs) so we end up, we end up eating, um, probably a few more cookies than we should for the season. But yeah, that's that's the thing for us this time of year. So if you walk into the house, you get you get that sort of holiday cookie smell. And it's less this year because we're not giving away as much, which actually is kind of nice because then we're not spending the entire weekend doing nothing but making cookies. But still, we, you, every once in a while, you know, it's, suddenly it's like, oh, James is making cookies. Oh, that smells really good. And with that in mind... What we thought we might talk about on this podcast is about smells in architecture because it's something that I don't think we think of a lot, but smell can really have an impact on on the built environment. Yeah, my most powerful smell, the most powerful smell around our house around the holidays would definitely have to be our real live Christmas tree. Fan, I don't really have any baking traditions like you do, but... Bring a fresh tree on the kid's second Christmas. Oh, that was a great smell and a cool memory to go with it. But as Larry mentioned, today is about smells in architecture. Probably one of the least common design issues to be considered when we're actually talking about architecture. But it's something we'd like to explore today. So we'll start by with an interesting tidbit about holiday scents and your indoor air quality. Explore how some real ta- retailers are using smells to get you back in their brick and mortar stores and end with how using smells can impact the building's design. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we really think about smell in that sense just just because I I I think we're just accustomed to to going into certain places and having smells. It's sort of like that that idea of of all the holiday holiday smell you get, you know, whether it's baking or whether it's cooking. I, I think Thanksgiving, walking into the house at Thanksgiving, you can smell the turkey and the ham, and there's just that whole whole sense scent of all that whole sense of scent. Wow, that's hard to say. But the other thing that people will end up doing, and, and we do this too, because James likes his scented candles. So we will occasionally light a candle just so either the house smells a little stuffy or stale because the AC's not running much or whatever. So we'll have this sort of sort of the candle smell going and i think our current one is is christmas themed we did have the pumpkin one but we put those away and now we're on to the christmas ones but i digress but the other thing too is, is that that a lot of times people will use like the plug-in air fresheners or sometimes even just the spray air fresheners to to get that sense of smell and and 
what ends up happening is it's not intentional, but a lot of times that sort of creates an added layer of what we think of as indoor air pollution. Yeah. While we were doing our, our research for this topic, we came across an interesting bit about common air fresheners and indoor air pollution. It was estimated that in California in 1997, and every study that I've read has indicated that the air freshener usage has just gone up from since then, that the air fresheners emitted in California at that time 7.5 tons of VOCs per day, making air fresheners one of the most prolific sources of indoor air pollution we are exposed to on a regular basis. And on top of that, another study showed that a quarter of all the VOCs emitted by air fresheners were classified as potentially toxic or hazardous under U.S. law, and that all fresheners tested emitted one or more of those toxic compounds. And for those of you who who don't know what VOC stands for, it's volatile organic chemicals. And you'll, you'll hear it a lot because usually when we're talking about paint, because we want to love VOC paint, and that's that nice smell that you get when you're like, oh, they just painted, doesn't it smell great? Well, that's the VOCs, the, the chemical compounds coming out of the actual paint itself and dispersing into the air. It's sort of like that new car smell. But the amazing thing for us, I think, on, on doing the research on this was just that all of the, all these VOCs, we don't think about all of that when we're plugging in this small, really innocent-looking device. So you're plugging this tiny thing into the wall and not thinking about what it's really producing and the amount of chemicals it's actually putting into the air. And for those of you who are wondering why we're really talking about this in particular, there's two reasons right now. One, it's because of COVID, and two, because of winter, because this is the time of year where we're inside the house more, and much more than we might be otherwise, and with a greater focus on staying healthy. Of course, the COVID, having the COVID around just adds on top of that. So to see such a large impact on a built environment from something so small was was really, really surprising, especially considering this is the time of the year that we're less likely to go outside. And with the with a with COVID going on and restrictions popping back up again, and and hopefully you're not in one of the more really affected areas of the country. But with the COVID restrictions going in place, there's less and less public places for us to go to. I mean, we can still go outside, but maybe that going to the mall isn't the best idea, or going out to a restaurant isn't the best idea. So we're losing losing places where we can safely get away to to get outside of the air within our houses. So we end up sort of with this double whammy while you're when you're wanting you know you know your inside environment to be as healthy as possible but you're very limited perhaps in what you can do outside of that indoor environment. And while that's some of the negative side of smells on our indoor spaces, another relevant question that we we really wanted to ask and explore about smell was this idea of how can your sense of smell affect the space around you. So not just health-wise but just sort of affect the actual environment. We think about you know, the obvious answers like natural gas. You know, Natural gas has that rotten smell, that rotten egg smell that's added to it. So when you have a gas leak, you can really smell it before there's a fire, before something explodes. And, and I've had that experience where we actually came home one time and I opened the front door and all you could smell was gas. And I'm like, okay, close the door, walk back out to the driveway, pick up the phone and call the gas company and tell them, oh, by the way, 
my house smells like gas. It turned out it was just a minor leak, but still it is that idea of this is something to alert you to, to a problem. Just the same way that a freshly baked cookie smells and that that coming from the kitchen tends to draw people maybe towards the tin, towards the kitchen or at the same time or and at the same time, I guess, kind of gives them that sense of this is a good memory for them. This is a positive memory for them. And wow, doesn't that make that space just seem that much warmer and that much nicer? Yeah, the smell of a, a public pool is, is a specific example to me in, in that regard, because once upon a time, I used to be a lifeguard and learned on the job that the public pool smell that everyone recognizes isn't the chemicals they use in the pool. A well-managed pool doesn't actually really smell. The public pool smell is actually a combination of chlorine and urine. <laughs> and that's why you won't see many lifeguards swimming in the pools they watch. They know what's in the air or in the water. <laughs> so, suddenly, I am very, very happy that I don't swim a lot. I, I, I wouldn't. I just assumed that was always just the chlorine smell. I didn't realize that it was it was both. But but thanks for giving me that little tidbit to to just roll around in my head the next time I think I'm anywhere near a pool. Yeah. So so <laughs> so these days we've really entered the era of designed smells, and so much so that there's now a job title of store smell designer. These people are literally designing the smell of the stores that we walk through so that the smell experience is consistent across all particular retailers' brick and mortar spaces. Once the smell has been designed, it gets installed next to the main HVAC supply lines or is then and, and, and then it's pumped all across the store. Side note. Even though it's going across all the store, the actual smell is pretty weak and diluted. They really don't want to turn people away with a strong, overpowering, or in-your-face kind of smell. Right. And and there are stores in the mall that I think, because of what they sell, just smell. There, there are stores, of course, that you walk past that you can't go. You, know, you, you, ha- you walk past and you can't go in because of the way they smell. And the general consensus among smell designers isn't, isn't that the smell is going to really increase how much a customer buys? And of course, if you've like walked past one of these soap stores, you're just okay. I can't go in there. I'm buying nothing. But <laughs> it's the whole idea is that it creates a more positive positive memory that's related to the experience you had and that particular retailer and brand. I know for me, there's a the Aveda store, which is all hair product or facial product. There is a distinct smell in that store. And as it turns out, every corporate store smells exactly the same because this is the memory they want to give you. They, they want to you to have a positive memory of that smell. And in in that case, in a lot of these cases with these stores, it's, this is sort of that subliminal messaging. So as you're you're walking through the store and it's it's sort of creating this powerful memory and association and and retailers are actually taking advantage of that. Yeah, my wife Faye even mentioned that she knew someone who worked at the higher levels of Target and who mentioned that that the people at Target were very proud of the scent that they had developed for their stores. And and as we were looking further into this, it seemed to be really everywhere. You mentioned Aveda, but Target, Petco, uh, a few different hotel chains and a random collection of, of clothing stores have all embraced this idea. 
it's kind of neat for such a neglected sense when it comes to building design. And last but not least, we'd like to ask, well, how can architects help design with the sense of smell in mind? And the first one that comes to my mind, especially because Faye's very sensitive to smells. And I know, Larry, you're, you are quite under the weather during certain allergy seasons, but, it, but it's allergies. You know, many common allergies are, are triggered by smell. And as we're designing space, I feel like we can help by our material selection experience and services that are easy to clean, avoiding heavy carpets, rugs, curtains, uh, wood floors are, are good for not storing all the pet dander. If you have a relative who's sensitive to that type of thing. And one of, and, and what, one of my personal favorites, uh, is the HVAC design. There's a, there's a system that it's, it's pretty popular in Japan that uses hot and cold water transported through pipes that then get blown across, uh, a, a co- that 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 then air gets blown across a coil, but instead of a traditional forced air system that most places that, that is, that's where that's that that's what you'll find in in most places across the U.S. It's using it's using water and 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 existing air in the in in a room to actually cool things down rather than recirculating what may be dirty air depending on your air filter throughout the entire house. Yeah, and, and I think we we all know that we're supposed to change our air, air filters every month, but I would wager that most of us actually don't do it. So the potential, yeah, the the potential for people to recirculate the things that are causing problems for them is certainly there. But the other thing too that I, I think is when it comes to design, you want to talk about pro- proper room placement because, uh, and again, James and I, the kitchen's pretty open. And so that smell, if we're making something, that smell goes everywhere. And if you want that to be the center of the house and draw people there, you know, that, that's perfect. That's you, you've, you've managed to locate the, the, maybe the, <laughs> the, the one great smell that people will be drawn to, unless, of course, you happen to have a bad day. And, and I, I have come home sometimes and I'm like, I don't know what he's cooking, but it just smells like it's cooked too long. So you also have that sort of sense of, of, I want to say sort of a, the flip side of having that good smell and the flip side of like, mm, maybe today's not the day I go into the kitchen. Or if you're at work and someone has burned a bag of microwave popcorn, you don't go in the break room again for quite a long time because I'm telling you that is really quite the smell. And oddly enough, those smells tend to travel. The other thing that kind of popped into my head too was this whole idea about laundry. And this is more from from that sense of, if you are someone who's in an industry where you come home with a lot of smell on your clothes, the potential to be able to come into the house and simply get undressed in one spot and not track track through the house with that smell. And, and what came to mind is a project I've got going on. It's currently under construction. And the husband wants to be able to come home and literally walk into the laundry room, take everything off and dump it in the washer if he needs to, and then go back and walk through the rest of the house to go back to the master bedroom and, and to get changed because he doesn't want to traipse that smell all the way through the house. So that laundry placement suddenly becomes very, very important. But I know, Matthew, you were talking about how the laundry room placement was kind of a nice thing when you were living in apartments. Yeah. Back in my apartment days, one of the best 
features of our apartment other than we had a pretty cool view but one one of the one of the best features in terms of smell from the apartment complex came from the laundry rooms because all of the laundry room or all of the the washer or all the dryer vents emptied out into the stairwell and so as you're going up the stairs to your apartment you can definitely tell when it's laundry day because the the stairs smell fantastic of course someone was always running the dryer so our our stairwells always smelled pretty good and so that was that was one of my favorite memories of 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 that particular memories regarding smell in 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 at the apartment complex was you could you could always you could always count on a, a good smell coming up to our fourth floor apartment. How funny. I, I would never have, have ever guessed that. I, I'm, I can totally see that happening because everyone likes the scented dryer sheets. I, I don't because there's an allergy issue, but that's, that's an aside. But yeah, that scented dryer sheet, I can imagine all of that blowing into the hallway because, you know, they are, are just open hallways. And yeah, oh, that's too funny. Not something I would ever have thought of of architecture and smells but to me that's almost like genius i'm not not sure that anyone did that deliberately design wise but that's certainly something to think about oh of course not it was it was just your typical developer apartment complex so there wasn't i'm sure there wasn't too much thought put into it you you know there wasn't a whole lot of thought put into it yeah but yeah yeah so it's it's we we don't think like we said we don't think about smell a lot necessarily when we're designing or when we're burning candles in our home you know what what those things do to us or how smell is impacting us when we go into in store into a store especially because it's meant to be subtle but we thought we thought this would be be a fun time of year to talk about it with everything else going on and hopefully you guys are doing some holiday baking and making some really good smells and Nobody's burned a turkey or burned the ham or or like my stepmother used to do most most uh, most holiday things and end up burning the rolls, but not this year, I guess. As it'll it'll be a, a lot quieter and a lot tamer and, and a lot less cookies for us to bake. So yay for me and James. But we hope everyone is doing well and enjoying the holiday season so far. Hope all of your shopping has gotten done or is close to being done. I know. I imagine Amazon is having quite the year this year with deliveries. I don't know James has, I think, four or five more packages to pick up this week, and I've got stuff coming as well. So busy, busy, busy. And, of course, if you want to want to leave us a note, you can. You can always reach me, Larry, at Spotted Dog Architecture, or you can find my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Spotted Dog Arch. And you can find me on Twitter at arch geek matt and our website is architecturegeeks.com and the instagram page is arch geeks podcast so look for us there too all right guys well have a great great time uh we will be back for one more episode this year and then we're taking the rest of the year off but for now we're going to just say goodbye bye